y'all. I'm Tina. And I'm Lisa. And this is Queen Bees. If you are new here, welcome and thank you for listening today. If you are returning, thank you. Whether you are on your drive, cleaning, or in your comfy spot with a glass of wine or cocktail, we are so pleased you are here. Be sure to like and subscribe. That way you will be notified the moment an episode drops. Okay, y'all. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to be talking about teen driving. And we have a little guest star today. My niece, Tina's daughter, eldest daughter, Skylar. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, guys. My name is Skylar. I just turned 16 last summer, and I am a teen driver. So this is a big life event that not only your teen will be going through, but so will you. So buckle up, kitty cats, because it's a wild ride. So I'm gonna start a little bit with our my driving background and my husband's driving background since we did most of the drive training when she had her temps. I have my CDL. I got that from driving school bus for five years. I also have my motorcycle license and then my regular license. My husband drove semi with a log trailer for 10 years. So we both have commercial driving experience, which is more of a defensive driving techniques. So we both taught her a lot of that along with your just regular general skills. She did have to do driver's ed, which we did through school. It was like 200 bucks. Around that. If you don't have that option at your child's high school, there are other companies that do it. And I think it's somewhere between like four and $600. Um, it probably also depends on where you live because... I know when I was younger, I looked into getting my motorcycle license and it was insanely expensive in the Milwaukee area. Like $500 was the cheapest I could find. But then moving up north as I got older, I found out it was offered through the Nicolet College and it yeah. was way cheaper, was like, like $150 or $200. I mean, I know motorcycle course is a little bit different, obviously. But I'm just saying price-wise for whatever your... Right. Like when you, even when you did it, it was like, what, 200 bucks? When I did my motorcycle license two years ago, I think it was like 250 or 300 But once you do the whole course, you literally just take all the paperwork to the DMV and you're, you get your right. license. Same with her driving course. She had to drive so many hours with her instructor. She also had to drive so many hours with me and her father during the day and at nighttime and during different um, weather conditions. So you had your temps for six months and then six months so far with your probationary license. Well, a little more than six months because July will be a whole year. 
and we're coming into March here. After I felt somewhat comfortable with your driving, then I started you started letting you go and do some other driving with like my mother-in-law, so your grandma, with Lisa, your aunt, your other grandma, just to get different perspectives from other experienced drivers so that you would be a well-rounded defensive driver. Dad did take you out during some crappy winter day and to show you how to stop on slippery conditions because we do live in the north. There is snow and ice. We will get freezing rain, freezing drizzle, or snow that turns into slush that then, then turns into ice depending on the temperatures and what's really going on. So why don't you explain a little bit about that going with dad and him showing you how to properly stop in icy conditions. Yeah, I felt like, especially having my temps during the time period that I did, it was very beneficial for me because I got to learn how to drive pretty much throughout all of winters when I had my temps. So going out and learning how to treat those conditions and properly handle situations was really helpful for me, especially um, now that I have my license and we do live somewhere that constantly has problematic conditions throughout winter. So I feel like the way that we taught me to drive and especially in the time period that we did was really helpful to me and your guys' strategies were also really helpful. Okay. So let's get into your thoughts right before you were getting your template, before we even signed you up for driver's ed. What were your thoughts and feelings as you were going into driver's ed? I was definitely excited. I feel like that's something for everyone. It's a big step in quote unquote growing up in the teenager years. It definitely makes you feel like you are more in control of your plans and like your life at that point. I was very excited to be able to go and do things with friends and not have to work around my parents' schedule and get rides from people. Um, and I was just overall really excited to take that next step in growing up. Did you find anything difficult to understand or learn when you were in driver's ed? Like, is there anything that you felt you needed a better explanation of? Not so much a better explanation. I wish they would have taught us more like the unspoken rules of the road. We obviously learned stuff like who goes first at a stop sign and stuff like that, but they never taught us about like giving semi-trucks more space or what to do in certain situations with like road construction. So this summer when we had a bunch of construction done on the highway we live off of, it was extremely confusing and stressful to have to make those decisions with no one in the car and no prior knowledge as to how to handle that situation. So I kind of wish they would have taught us those more, um, not as, not, not as necessarily important. like 
laws or but those like she un, said the unwritten the rules. unspoken rules so maybe have maybe some more guest speakers that maybe come into driver's ed like a semi-driver or a construction worker to explain how you should give a semi lots of room and i know don't when... drive next to them on the highway don't don't drive like if they're in the right lane don't drive in the left lane they're blind right spot. behind them either because that's also not only a blind spot but if one of their tires blows Sometimes they don't always feel it, and it will literally take out your windshield, your passenger door. You will be seriously fucked up. Don't drive next to a semi unless you absolutely have to, and give them lots of room. And that, that was something that Dad and I told you after driver's ed. And I feel like when I took her, whether it was when she had her temps or when she had her license, I tried to make sure to point out things that other people wouldn't have one because I didn't want to be annoyingly repetitive. But also, I feel like there's so many random things like she's saying, like the unwritten rules or unspoken rules. So like when her and I went out of town for a weekend, sometimes our highways are like full blown freeways, but other times they're more like roads, even though they're technically a highway. Right. So we have cross traffic. You might need to be aware that there could be a farm tractor that you're coming up on and things like that. So even if something wasn't happening, I would point out to her like, hey, just so you're aware, the sign here, it says cross traffic. Here's what that means. You still have the right of way because we're on the highway. It's their responsibility to cross but you need to be aware that they'll be crossing. That's not something you would see on a regular freeway, you know, with four lanes right, going one direction. Because we don't live in the city. We do live in the country area, more of a secluded, non-city type. Even though Lisa and I grew up in the city and know how to do city driving, you've only done very minimal city driving when we've gone down to the Milwaukee area. Even Wausau. And yeah, Wausau's considered a city there's, to some. There's <laughs> stupid drivers everywhere. Right, so. but there's still different things that she's not always used to. Like Wausau does have one-way roads and things and roundabouts. Like that. Yeah. I mean, we do have one roundabout here, but it's not a city roundabout whatsoever with three to four lanes. And I did explain to her when we went down to our friend Danny's house last time, they had a two roundabout. Then I explained to her, like, if a semi's in there, don't enter because they can need both lanes to go through the roundabout. Right. And also when we when we've been to places that do have two or three lanes, how you need to be very aware, because otherwise you could get very much so stuck in the middle <laughs> and just keep going round and round and round. <laughs> right. Once you did actually get your temps. What were your emotions about actually getting behind the wheel to drive? Definitely felt somewhat overwhelming to have that many things to focus on. Now it doesn't seem like much, but when you're like, oh my gosh, I need to stay between the yellow and the white line. I need to make sure I'm doing the right speed. I need to do this and do that. It feels a little like much and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do this? But it... That was something you kind of overcame fast. Um, 
I guess I was feeling just more excited, like to get out behind the wheel other than with my instructor and go places other than just the same basic routes through town. So pretty much just excited and a little bit nervous. The first couple of times we went out, she did not do the speed limit, which I was okay with. You have to get comfortable. So if they're not doing the speed limit, even if it's 10 under, and that's where they feel comfortable, instead of forcing them to just jump right into doing 60 miles per hour, because like I said, we live out in the country, so we're like a, mm, 30 seconds from the highway. You, you get on our highway and you're doing 60 until you get into town, and then in town it's 25 or 35. And that's kind of not fair to a new driver to be like, okay, first time out driving, go 60, 65. Right. Most places like when we learned, we'd go out in our neighborhood subdivision, which is like 25 to 35. <laughs> so that's why I didn't really push it. And I was okay with us only doing 45 to 50 till we got to town. And then by like the sixth time of us going to town, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to step <laughs> it up a notch. And then it was... 52 and then it was 55. I definitely went more than 52. <laughs> Eventually. Even, I know when I was learning to drive specifically it was specifically stick shift so mom had already taught me to drive you know your standard automatic vehicle and dad was teaching me stick shift and he made a sign of course it's, you know this is our dad so it's on the back of a Miller light box and he tapes it in the back window of the truck and he's like Something like learning to drive, stay back or something. And I was so embarrassed. I mean, so embarrassed. Like, you do not have to do this, Dad. Like, oh, my God. Like, really? Like, this is so embarrassing. Like, people are going to be, like, looking at me like I'm crazy. And looking back on it now, and even at that time, like, by the end of the day, I was honestly so glad he did that. I know it sounds really stupid, but, but learning to drive stick something. is different than learning to drive automatic. And even though I could do automatic, I specifically remember I was actually driving him because he had to go to an eye doctor's appointment and he wasn't going to be able to drive afterwards. So we were driving and we get to this, you know, we get to this four way or we get to this, the stoplight. And originally I was in the intersection and I had a green light, but I was making a left hand turn. So I needed to wait for oncoming traffic. Well, then the light turned yellow and the cars kept coming. And so I panicked and I ended up stalling it out in the middle of the intersection. And then I was so worried we were going to get hit or something crazy was going to happen. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he was actually really calm for our dad because usually, you know, our dad. Yeah, is a pain I, only made it, I made it down the driveway and down the road. And then I got out of the truck trying to learn stick shift with him and said, nope, mom's teaching me. But he and actually I walked did, back home. He actually did good with me and he was like, it's okay, they'll wait for you. Like he was super calm. And I think like unfortunately for you, you were like the trial base where yeah, he learned I was what the, not to I'm do. The oldest, so <laughs> I was the first one to do all the driving, which my mom taught me most of the driving uh for automatic. I think I only went with dad a couple of times. And then it was learning to drive stick shift. And like I said, I made it to the end of our road, which was a city block. Yeah. So, and then I got out and I walked home and I told my mom, nope, I'm not going with him. Uh, either you teach me or I'm not learning at all. But he was patient with me and got me through that whole little incident. And then I was honestly glad afterwards because I was like, 
I'm sure there were people in that intersection like, what the hell is this person doing? Wait, but but they waited. They were patient. And I feel like whether or not anyone saw it or it subconsciously in my mind, I just knew the sign was there. So they're just going to have to wait. So be it. Whatever it was, it is what it is. And like I, I said, hindsight's twenty twenty, And I, I'm going to be so honest. At first, I was so embarrassed that he put it back there. Like literally like tomato red, could not believe he was doing this to me. But after that incident happened, I was like, okay, it's probably good. It was back there. Cause it probably would have been a few people like, what the fuck? <laughs> Another great thing to do if you are in a city area is to find an empty parking lot. Go on a Saturday to a school. I took you to the high school parking lot when you were learning how to drive stick shift. I was also pregnant with you at that time. That's and how I taught I, my girlfriend. I had her I, drive my truck and I taught her in a parking lot. I made you put your hands on my hands and I explained how the gas pedal works and how the shift clutch. or the clutch works and the motions of moving them back and forth so that you could get that feel in your hands and arms so that you could transfer that down to your legs. And like right after I showed you how to do that, we were sailing, smooth sailing through the rest of the parking lot. And I'll thank God because the, the drive, the two to three minute drive from our house to there was so shaky. I thought I was going to go into labor at like six <laughs> months pregnant. Sorry about the bumpy ride there, Skylar. <laughs> it happens though. That's how we learn. What were your thoughts on her getting her temps? I was super excited. I had already let her like not drive, drive my car, but like from the stop sign of our house home. Cause there's literally no one. Oh yeah. Or here. like in our right. yard. Or like when we're out ice fishing, I know Tim has let her kind of drive around the lake and things like that. Um, nothing too crazy. So I was more excited than anything. I think, um, I feel like I'm close with her in some sense. Like we have a lot of things in common. So I felt like even though she's your daughter, um, I still felt very, proud of her and our thing is like our thing together to do is to go places so yeah I feel like most of the times that we're hanging out we're going and doing stuff so that was just like a nice little added element to our time spent together I was actually excited because then I have someone that can run to the store for me after school to pick up a few things and I don't have to make an extra tip trip to town uh not that we really had a whole lot of sports last year, but right due to COVID. the year before, one was in baseball, the other one was in basketball, and then you were in volleyball. So with me working north, like in a, I work north of where we live. They go to school south of where we live in that town. I work in the town north of where we live. So for me to drive all the way down to the other town where they go to school and have all their sports takes me like 45 minutes and then I end up missing everything. And then I was excited in that way. So that way, if your guys' sports were on the same days, even if they weren't the exact same times, like they could stay after school and then head to their practice and then you could just pick them up and bring them home, things like that. Maybe I wouldn't have to worry about my sister leaving my kid at football practice. (laughs) Hey, I forgot my own damn kid at basketball practice. They called one day and I said, hello. And she goes, 
hi mom i go hi jocelyn she goes where are you i'm like at home where are you basketball practice i'm like oh shit i'll be there in 20 minutes <laughs> i was totally just making a, i was just making a little joke because two years ago my sister when she's saying all the kids were in sports coincidentally there was a day my son got done with football the same time her son got done with soccer just happened to like overlap each other like just down the road so I was like hey would you do me a favor and pick him up for me like I'll drop him off but if you could pick him up that'd be great she's like oh yeah no problem she picked up all of her kids and forgot about mine <laughs> so then I get a call from the coach and she he's like yeah are you gonna come get your kid and I was like wait what I quick called my sister literally the second she answered her phone she's like I'm on my way I'll go get him right now I've never seen her run so fast through Walmart, not even for a sale, but definitely for her. <laughs> yeah, because we, we went to Walmart after I picked all you guys up, and I don't even remember what we were getting. I'm like, all of a sudden, the phone started ringing, and I saw it was Lisa, and I was like, everybody to the car now! Drop what you have! We forgot Hunter! Exactly and it was totally fine, like, not even remotely a big deal. She was literally like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes late to pick him up. Yeah. Maybe. And but football we practice like almost five to seven minutes away. Yeah, but football practice always it would either run late or they would play like play games after practice was technically over, and a lot of the kids would like walk home. So it's not like it was any big deal. I just got to give my sister a little shit every now and again. It just goes to show that we are not perfect and <laughs> fuck shit up. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. Yeah, because I always tend to get off topic. Sorry, sorry. What were your feelings once you actually got your license? And before you completely answer that, a little background that because of everything that happened or was going on last year, things were changed in our area. I don't know about yours, but all she had to do was put in all of her time hours with her instructor, time and hours with uh, her designated supervisor. supervisor driver, so me and her dad, and then her instructor would do a road test at the end of their course and then sign off on it, and all we had to do was turn in everything to the DMV to get her license, whereas when we did ours, you did driver's ed, but then you still had to do a road test at the DMV. And that changed just because of COVID. Like, they Which, just were trying to get less people together. I think they should just leave it that way. And I, I hope like that it they too. do. Because you're, you're already have your probationary license for six months. You have to put in so many hours. You have to have a, a professional course that you go through with an instructor. So why not just have that instructor sign off? Why would you have to then go to the DMV? And most, in my opinion... Most people that fail their road test fail it because they're so fucking nervous that they're being tested. Yeah. I highly agree. I would definitely feel more comfortable comfortable taking a test with my instructor that I've been working with for months opposed to someone I don't know when I've been driving with him for several hours and I like we have like rules established as to what happens and it's just a comfortable environment to be driving and 
not be constantly worried about, oh my gosh, is this person going to fail me? Like feeling uncomfortable with someone. So I definitely agree that I feel that it should be changed to the way it is now. I also feel that you know what's expected of you when you're essentially taking your quote unquote road test with your instructor because you've been working with them. You know what they expect from you versus some person you've never met. Like how harshly are they going to grade you on, you know, whichever... And don't get me wrong, if you are not a good driver and you would fail no matter what, I'm not saying like stick with your instructor just so you can pass. I'm saying more along the lines of, you know, same thing when you have an instructor at school or you have a boss at work, you know what's expected of you when you've worked with that person for a certain amount of time versus a totally different person. Let's say your boss quits, they leave, a new person's hired. You might not know exactly what's expected of you right away. And you rather than just being like thrown into the pit of snakes to figure it out, you know, you know, you know what's kind of going on and what to expect from the person that you've been working with this whole time. And the same thing happened with my motorcycle class because they don't have a way to test up here for motorcycle because we're just such a small area. So like down in the cities, they have an actual motorcycle test that you can take. But up here, when I paid to take the motorcycle class, Part of that is taking the actual quote unquote road test. Right. They're testing you the whole time they're teaching you. Yes. But they're not even telling you that they're testing you because most people get so nervous and anxious during a test that that's all they're thinking about. They're not paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing for the actual driving and safety procedures. They're just constantly like, oh my God, am I doing it right? and then freaking out and rather than just failing you and being like yeah you need to work on this this and that specifically with my motorcycle class not everyone passed my motorcycle class but I do specifically remember one individual who was struggling with two parts of it they had him versus just being like yeah no you didn't pass or no you're not doing it right they literally stopped the whole class and like had him do it again and do it again and do it again and they I don't want to say critiqued him but they honed in on exactly what it was he needed to work on until he did it perfectly. Right. So not only did they, did he pass, but he passed. And by the end, he knew exactly how to do it. Like the specific thing I'm remembering is he was doing the quick stop incorrectly. And the first few times he was just going way too hard on the front handlebars and he never flipped over or anything, but they but he said, you need to do this, you need to the- do that hand and foot brake at the same time. Yes. And he was correcting, but he was correcting a little too late. And they were like, in case of an emergency, if you really, if you do it like this, you're going to flip over. You're going to flip over. Like we're only going, you know, a couple miles an hour, maybe 20. So in that case, it's not as big of a deal. But if you're going 60 or 80 or whatever down a highway and you do hit your front brakes that hard, that fast, and you're just that split second behind on your rear brake, you could still flip. So they really... You know, they didn't single him out to make him look bad or anything. They wanted him to be doing it the best that he could possibly be doing it. And don't get me wrong. There was one thing they critiqued me on, too. They said, as I shifted, I really like to look down to, like, double check myself, double check myself. And he's like, you need to look where you're going at all times. And he, he pointed it out, like, three times. And the third time, he said, next time I catch you looking down, I'm putting a bungee cord on your helmet and to the back of your underwear. So every time you look down, you're going to give yourself a wedgie. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got it. I do not want a wedgie. I'm not looking down anymore. 
So it was stuff like that too. And I never felt like he singled me out or no, I didn't. it was any kind of a bad thing. He wanted to make sure I could be the best rider that I would be. I didn't feel singled out either in my motorcycle class. Cause he did, he did tell me that I needed to look where I was going. And that was, he was critiquing me on my turns. And he's like, you actually need to start looking further to your left before you even start turning. And then you're just, you're just going to glide through it. And then once I did that, then I just gl glided right through it. And the only other thing that I was critiqued on is when I knew we were being tested on something, then I totally fucked up on the, the you, the you. Or was it the it was the S one? The eight, the figure eight the in the figure, parking yep, spot. the figure eight. In oh the my god, I remember spot. them showing I us totally, that, and I was like, like when we were just practicing, I was I was nailing it, doing it perfect. And as soon as they said we were going to the testing section, I totally fucked it up. So then he's like, "Nope, you did completely perfect when we were just just going by ourselves." He's like, "Redo it right yeah. now." He's like, "I know you can do it. I know you can do it. So just redo it." I was so nervous about that figure eight. I was like, no fucking way in hell am I going to be able to do that? And then sure as shit, we just did it. And then our class was like super cocky because the year that I took it was the year that they changed the law. So you couldn't just keep renewing your temps every year because our riding season is so short. A lot of people wouldn't bother paying to get their license. Right. So I took it and every single person in my entire class had already been riding motorcycles for years. I think there was one guy who rode when he was younger and that's the guy who was having the harder time with the one stop. And I had a couple little hiccups along the way, but like two guys in the class were freaking stunt drivers that just came to the U S that like needed to get their license here. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be for beginners. I think I, me and one other person were the only ones that were actual complete beginners on driving, driving. Like I've been on a motorcycle since I was 14. So I've ridden on a motorcycle for over 20 years. We'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor. Our merch is now available at teesprings.com, queen-bs. We also have listener support available on our Anchor webpage. If you are unable to purchase or donate anything, that's okay. You can still help out by liking, subscribing, and rating. Every little bit helps so we can keep creating new content every week. Our goal here is to get you three episodes a week. In order to do that, we need your help. Email us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com with your own experiences and questions that we can share on future episodes. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. 
Okay, again, back to the actual topic on hand, since I keep getting distracted here. I do it too. <laughs> what were your thoughts on actually getting your license? On one hand, due to the fact that um, they changed it to where you don't have to take your driver's license, it almost felt unreal, like that it wasn't happening per se. Um, it definitely felt weird the first time to drive myself to work with no one in the car. It was also sort of liberating in a way, though, to go and do something without my parents for once. Like, don't get me wrong, I love my parents, but as a teenager, you wanna go and do stuff and go out with your friends and not have to be dependent on your parents all the time. So even though I drove myself like half a mile to work, it felt so good to be able to do that myself and know that like, also like look back and be like, I worked towards this. Like I kept up good grades to be in driver's ed. I put in the time to get my drive hours. So it felt good to know that I took the time to get there and that I was, you know, growing up and taking new steps in life to become more independent. And like I said earlier, to be completely honest, I was ready for her to get her license. Just to have that little bit of extra help. And maybe that's because she is the oldest. And I'm just ready for some help. But I'll let you know how it goes with the other two. If we're still doing this by that time. Maybe I'll have completely different feelings on the other two getting their license. Or how their driving is going. Because... Each kid is different in their own way. And you have your own reservations for each one, even though you love them all the same. I'm still pretty excited because like we said before, we do kind of go places together and it is nice to have someone else to drive because sometimes we do go places that are three, four, five hours away. And when I have to drive the whole time, I don't mind. I'm a very good driver and I like driving, but it's nice to kind of have a backup or someone else that who can drive a little when bit. You yeah. Just take a little bit of a break and be able to stretch your legs and not and not like stretch your legs like get out of the vehicle. I mean you do stop, stretch your legs, get out of the vehicle to switch. But like be able to sit in a crooked position or right. somewhat a little bit different than just in lean back a little straightforward driving position. And after the recent issue that I had in uh, getting with getting stranded in San Antonio, Texas, I had to drive all the way home by myself because the rental car would only allow me to drive for the insurance coverage package that I picked because I like just booked it all online and I've never had to do that before. So like after I after I paid for everything and I like checked out, they're like, okay, well, the insurance only covers you as the driver. And I'm like, fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, so I drove like pretty much 1,500 miles to get all the way home. And then I called Skylar here to pick us up from the closest airport that I could return the car at. And I was like, you can ask her. I literally gave her the world's biggest hug. And I'm like, thank you, she Jesus. Please just drive me for once. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot sit behind a steering wheel anymore. <laughs> so that's really convenient too, that I have someone to call or, you know, if I have an appointment that I would need someone to pick me up from because my husband's schedule is so you know, with being in management, he really has to be there a lot. So it's nice to have that too. Right. What were some res 
reservations you had about getting your license or worries that you had about getting your license? Um, I was definitely worried, of course, about getting into some sort of accident. There's always that worry of like, what could happen? I feel like maybe I was more worried about eventually getting my car taken away as a punishment, but um, I was pretty much just worried about like the basic things like, what would I do if this happened? Or what do I do in this situation? Like, what happens if I get hit? Like, what do I do? So the only worry I had about getting my license is kind of being on my own in the car. So not having someone there with me if something did happen was my only worry. But anytime something has happened, I've most likely been alone and handled the situation well. So that's just one worry, but it went away after a while with my experience and how I got more and more comfortable driving by myself. And we did lay down specific ground rules for her driving in her own vehicle. She does have to keep her grades above a certain level. She also has to meet her curfew get her chores done, not have an attitude, and she does have her own job and pays for her own gas, her own insurance, and her own vehicle repairs. Now, you did just have a larger vehicle repair that we did help her pay for, but I'm talking like your oil changes, your brakes, your Wind wipers, wipers yeah. you know, get your own washer fluid. She's responsible for checking her own oil, tire pressure. If some light does come on, we do go check it and we'll take it to the mechanic and pay for it. That way we're talking like the basics of maintenance that she has to be responsible for. She is on our, our insurance, so she does get quite a discount right now, but she does have to pay for that herself, which I we do that because we feel those are necessities that you need to learn and become responsible about as you're coming into adulthood because those are things you have to pay for. You have to have gas in order to go to work. You have to pay your vehicle insurance if you live in a state where it's required to have insurance. And if you don't, you can get a rather hefty fine or your license taken away. Uh, a question I have for you, Skylar, is for... For you, in your personal opinion, do you think that your parents or myself or Grammy Jane could have done things differently or better to help you learn? And I'm bringing this up in reference to when, you know, your mom, Tina, was saying earlier how she just couldn't learn from Papa because he was just too much. Um, but certain things work differently for me. So were any of us too much or not enough at times or think other things we could have done better? And we won't hold learn? it against you. <laughs> I'll this hold is, it against you. This is no, the way <laughs> we can also learn and change our ways for the future. Therefore, that need to get their license. Yeah, yeah help and our help our listeners as well. I feel that the different um, passenger techniques that each experienced driver have 
Yeah, I feel that each person was different in their own way um, in how they rode in the car with me as to what they did or what they talked about. And I feel like having everyone be different was really beneficial to me because although I liked talking about my day and stuff, sometimes I just wanted to drive in silence so I could focus. And then there were other times where I was like, I want feedback. I want you to tell me what I'd like to do. And then there were other times where it's like, I just want to drive. So it was really nice to drive with people who are <coughs> different as a passenger. And I feel like that was also very beneficial to me because then I knew how to drive like in silence. And so it wasn't an adjustment for me to drive with a bunch of people or without. So I feel like no one really could have changed. I felt like as a whole, I was it was really beneficial to me to be able to drive with different passengers in my vehicle and just how people acted differently really helped me learn how to act as a driver. So maybe having that variety was help in itself versus just having just your mom teach you or just your dad or just your grandma yeah, definitely. and they do it all the exact same. I mean, I think that's a learning point too for someone who's training and working with their own teenager, trying to help them learn how to drive, maybe let them see somebody else's perspective and point of view and see how they do it. Right. Cause my, my way of doing it was I was very silent while we were driving unless it was, something that I felt needed to be said right then and there. Like the one time you started turning too fast and I was like, what the hell are you doing? Slow down, slow down. But 99% of the time I was dead silent. And then I would go over everything after we got back to the house. So that way I, because I felt if I started critiquing you while you were driving, then you started getting nervous and then you started fucking up more. Whereas if I was just silent and then told you, gave you that constructive criticism afterwards, then I felt like you did a better job while driving instead of getting nervous. But there were times that you told me that you wanted feedback while we were driving. Yes. I felt like sometimes I wanted feedback just to know that what I was doing was right. But at the same time, after so long, it's like, I just want to drive and get my hours. And like, I pretty much know the lay of the land when it comes to driving. So the silence didn't bother me as much. So maybe a good thing here would be to ask your teen driver what they want from you as their instructor do they want you to just be quiet and critique them afterwards and only speak out if they're about to get into an accident or do something that they shouldn't be doing or do they want that constant critiquing while they're driving so that they can change what they're doing and improve because everyone does learn differently and nerves can go up and down at different times and even if it's not between critiquing or being silent some people just like to have it silent in the car or talk in the car like some people feel more comfortable carrying on a conversation so that it's not awkward but at the same time some people like it to be quiet in the car so they can focus on what they're doing so at the same time not only would it be between critiquing or not it could also be the environment in the car to make your kid feel as safe and in control as possible. Okay. And I didn't come into driving with her while she had her times until a little later. So for me personally, I didn't like 
try to explain to her the basics from the very beginning. Because I, I guess I should say I kind of assumed you covered a lot of that. So I did, rather than I being did pull a big mother hen and was like, no, you're not driving with anyone but me or dad until both <laughs> of us feel completely comfortable with someone else being your instructor. Which was actually really fine with me because personally, I would rather mess up in front of my parents than some other family member because if I if I hit the brakes too hard and slide into the ditch, I would probably freak out if I was with like my grandparents. But if I'm with my mom, like she's my mom, she understands that sometimes we mess up, but I felt a little more comfortable learning with my parents rather than when I felt more comfortable just getting those drive, those drive hours in with other people. And I feel like that's why I didn't go over like a lot of the basics. I didn't want to be annoying and repetitive. So I tried to point out things I thought other people wouldn't have pointed out, like the roundabout stuff and giving the semis the extra room and the crossing of the country roads and the farm tractor sort of stuff. And I know her and I drove through quite a bit of construction at one point and I kind of gave her some pointers with, you know, be very aware of the workers and sometimes those cones will look closer than they are, but sometimes they are yes. closer than they look. So, and they do not ever put the cones in a perfectly straight line. So you might go by 300 that are two feet off of your car, or three feet or whatever. And then like and two there's inches one cone. <laughs> That's two inches from, so you really need to pay attention to things like that. So I tried to point out, you know, other things, you know, that maybe not everyone else had thought of or different scenarios and situations that other people hadn't been in yet. So maybe that's beneficial as well. Honestly, my best piece of advice is it's more about the experience rather than the explanation. I feel that you could tell me 50 times the rules of driving through construction and as soon as you put me on the spot, I'm going to freak out and not know what to do. So I feel that it's more about taking your kid through those different situations if possible, like snow or dirt roads or stuff like that, so that they can experience it rather than them going through it the first time by themselves and totally blanking on what you told them. Because it's super easy to forget something your parents told you six months ago, but it's way easier to recall like you driving instead of just talking about driving. I think that's an amazing point. Yeah, it is, because you said forget something your parents said six months ago. What, what about five minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember anything. So, do you feel that you received adequate training from all of your different instructors? Absolutely. I feel like for driver's ed, they could have taught us um, more more the unspoken rules as I mentioned before but then again that's also something they could have left for the parents to explain to us as we began driving with them so I feel like that's just one thing but other than that I feel like all the adults that I drove with gave me very good instructions and made sure that I was comfortable in the vehicle and felt safe and I just overall feel like that, yes, I did get a good education on driving and that I am such a good driver today because of um, the diversity of passengers I had and how you guys decided I would learn to drive. Lisa, do you feel comfortable as a passenger with her? Yes. Actually, I was very impressed. Um, 
I don't even remember. This was probably like two months ago now. We were driving back from, I don't even know where, one of our like five million adventures. And she was coming around a corner and um, we kind of slipped out a little bit. And I was super impressed because for a young driver, a lot of young drivers, they panic and they either slam on the brakes or they hit the gas or they turn the wheel too hard. And she just very calmly let off the gas, didn't slam on the brakes, just kind of corrected her mistake in coming through that corner. And she kept it on the road and she did a fantastic job. And even afterwards, you could tell she was a little flustered, but she really held it all together and did not panic, which I think is the absolute worst thing that you can do Absolutely. while you're driving. Stay calm as much as you possibly can. Don't overcorrect. Don't slam on anything. Don't, even if an animal jumps out in front of your vehicle, do not swerve for the ditch. Slam on the brakes. Hit that damn <laughs> Hit the damn animal. Don't swerve for the ditch because that's when you roll it over. You front end the tree. You cause more damage that way than just slamming on your brakes and possibly hitting the animal, which is actually pretty funny. I was going to ask, let's talk about that near accident you just had a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> what did you learn from that? I definitely learned about staying calm and evaluating the situation. I, as soon as I felt the sliding, I looked ahead and saw that like the ditch line definitely curved in and I, we would definitely be going on our side if we went over. So I knew that we had to stop and like sliding into the ditch was not an option. And even though they have those poles from that distance, you never know what they're made out of or like how reliable they are. So definitely analyzing the situation is good, even though it may, it may not seem like you can do it in that time. And also stopping afterwards and kind of taking a deep breath to just clear your mind. I will definitely tell you after I bumped into the pole, it was, it was a little nerve wracking in a sense to be like, I just hit that, like, I did not escape that situation. So it was nice to just sit there for a second and be like, okay, that happened. We're going to move on. I'm okay. And I handled the situation well. So overall, I just feel like analyzing the situation and kind of recovering from it in a sense is probably the best thing you can do. So if you are in an accident, what you're saying is once you've come to a stop, just stay stopped. Take a few deep breaths, recollect yourself, assess the situation, whether or not you need to call the police or insurance, or if it's just a tiny little ding or scratch, if you can then continue driving on. But before you continue driving on, make sure that you are calm enough to drive. Yeah, collect okay. yourself before you continue driving because last thing you want is to just have a meltdown or freak out in the car because of something that happened. I think it's also important as the passenger, like I'm obviously, you know, a mother and things like that. So hopefully by the time your teen driver is driving um, or about to be driving, you have learned that sometimes you need to stay calm and assess the situation yourself versus freaking out. Like, you know, when your little kid, they trip, they fall instead of going, Oh my God, you poor baby. Right. You kind of ignore it a little bit or you just tell them rub some dirt on it and they'll cry way less than if you coddle them. So same thing in this sort of situation, 
I also made sure that I didn't freak out in any way, shape or form. One, it wasn't anything worth freaking out about, especially in all my years of, we'll call it wisdom. <laughs> um, Our levels. But I wanted to make sure that my reaction didn't send her off into an additional reaction, especially because it was such a minor incident. Like right. I said, and she lost control for just, just two seconds. But it was enough that she hit the pole, but she stayed calm and she corrected and things like that. Um, but I think on the flip side, had I freaked out, it would have just made her freak out and made it so much worse. Absolutely. And I don't think that's just from us being mothers or parents. That's part of our like medical first responder type background training that we've had that when you're in a situation like that to stay calm so that others stay calm right so you don't necessarily have to be a parent to stay calm you could be the aunt the uncle the cousin the best friend of yeah. the parents or or even the best friend godparent. of the teen driver that if you had another friend in the car, I would hope that their parents have told them or taught them that staying calm in heightened situations can keep others calm. So that might be something else to share or spread on to your own teen as a passenger of another teen driver. Is there anything else that any of you would like to add in? I want to make one key point that I think is very important when it comes to any teen driver um, slash question, I guess. Uh, Skylar, how do you feel about driving under the influence of alcohol or drugs now that you have a driver's license? Unacceptable. Um, I feel that in this day and age, there is no excuse as to why you would need to or want to. I mean, there's safe ride home, there's Uber, there's taxis. So in our day and age, I just feel like it's unacceptable for someone to make that choice. And maybe you did make that choice because you are under the influence, but I feel like you could, you could get as drunk as possible and still have that little sense of, you know, what's right and wrong. So I guess just overall, that's, unacceptable not something I would ever want to do put myself and other people in danger just so I can drive like what's the point and do you have a plan in place in the event you were ever somewhere that you became intoxicated or the person that you arrived at your location or event with became intoxicated yes my parents have told me from day one as soon as I as soon as I got a little bit older and started hanging out with friends, my parents have always told me, if you ever need a ride because you're a driver or you are too intoxicated to drive, always call us. And I feel like that is the one thing that will make your kid most comfortable coming to you because there's nothing more embarrassing or awkward than having to come to your parents and be like, I did this wrong and I need your help. No one wants to ask for help. So being there and making it clear that you'll be there for them is a very, a very good thing to do, in my opinion. My parents have told me from day one, if you ever need a ride, just call us. I don't care what time it is or how far away you are. We will always come pick you up because 
It's, we want you home. It's your life that safe. matters, not the gas money or the time of night. It's about you coming home safe. And I feel like that is my second biggest piece of advice to your kid is always tell them that you'll be there for them no matter what and that you'll be there to pick them up when they need or to drive, even if it's just to drive a friend home. Like every kid should make it home safe and no kid should have to put themselves or other people in danger just to make it home because in that situation, you don't actually know if you're going to make it home. And set a good example as well. Don't be that drunk driver that your kid is seeing or under the influence driver. We've had you drive us home from family gatherings where we've had too much to drink or we went out for Halloween one year. We had planned on taking a safe ride home from the bar, but the party ended up at people's house, which we didn't drive to. We got in a different vehicle to get to that house. And we ended up calling my mother-in-law at three o'clock in the morning to come pick us up so that we could safely get home. And we were in our early thirties. So right. sometimes shit happens. It's unexpected. It's not what your plan was, but, or you accidentally just had one or two or five more than you were planning on. It's always better to call for a ride. I've given lots of rides home to people that have, gone out with my husband and then he calls and says he needs to be picked up and then I'm driving three other people home. I don't I don't care. I'll gladly drive people even if it's a half an hour out of my way just to make sure that they actually got home safe. And I also know plenty of people that can come pick me or my husband up. It, even his mother still says to this day if you need a ride because you can't get a safe ride, call us. And I feel that the way my parents have presented that opportunity has made me so much more inclined to reach out to them if I need them. So I would highly recommend offering that to your kid because no matter the situation, I would feel comfortable calling my parents. It doesn't matter what what I drank or what I did, no matter how much trouble I'll be in the next day, I know that they're, they would value me getting home over punishing me. They would care more about me getting home than me learning my lesson. Wait, we're not condoning teen drug use or alcohol use, but we all know that teens make stupid choices, do things behind their parents' backs. You've done it to us already. And that was our message, that if you're going to choose to do this stuff, we still want you home safe and then we'll we'll punish you and we'll take deal with it later. And as a parent or the person that the teen driver calls to come and get them, be careful how you choose to punish them. I am not saying whatsoever that they should not be punished at all, but if the punishment doesn't fit the crime. They might not call you next time. Yeah, right. they just make keep sure they in know. mind. Make sure they know that calling you was the right choice and be like, I am very proud that you called me and I am very grateful that you did. But at the same time, you still made this decision and I can't let you get away with it just because you made just a logical decision to come pick you up. 
And I have a similar rule with my kids. I'm obviously far away from teen driving, but I've taught my children that lying to me is 10 times worse than any crime you could have committed. So if you made a mistake and you admit it to me, we can move forward from there. And there's even been times where I've completely let it go. Like, I'm going to be honest, we're going to just pretend this didn't happen, or we're going to move on from this. I'm going to make sure you know that what you did was wrong, but there's not going to be a severe punishment. But on the flip side, when I've caught them lying, I'll straight up tell them your punishment is so much worse because you lied about it. Well, if you would have been honest, you'd only be grounded for a day or a couple days, but because you lied, now it's going to be a week or two weeks, or I'm taking away this or that, et cetera, et cetera. We don't tolerate the lying either. Like with your incident of lying to us, you ended up being grounded for the entire summer. And I definitely learned my lesson. I now going through that, maybe just I had to experience it to, um, to know what's right and what's wrong. And after that experience, I definitely know that going to my parents and just being honest is really the right thing to do. So overall, my best piece of advice for teen driving is to teach situationally and to offer offer a safe ride home to your kids and make them feel the most comfortable with you as possible. We hope that we helped you out this week. And uh, sorry that we got off topic so many damn times. (laughs) But it was a damn good story. (laughs) And another extra long one for you. And our challenge to you this week is... If you have a teen driver in your family, a friend, ask them how things are going. Ask them if there's any way that you can help them learn to be a better driver. Maybe offer to be that person that they call in case of an emergency slash poor decision, drink one too many cocktails at a buddy's party. Be there for them. So until next time. Thank you all for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful, Make sure to share it with a friend who you think would find value in it. Also, like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite streaming app of choice. New episodes drop every Friday. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Queen Bees Podcast for sneak peeks into next week's episode. We would also love to hear your experiences and learn from them. Email us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com with topic suggestions and listener escapades. All the links will be in the show notes.